Yeah. And I'm also I'm reading Power a book now badass. by Malcolm Gladwell about it's called The Outliers and it's all about like how people's success isn't necessarily determined by like their skill set. Sometimes it has nothing more to do than like just being in the right place at the right time and like having the right resources. Like how exactly. they like I guess if you go through like um Canadian hockey players, they are like 75% of them are born in January, February, March because the way the hockey season is set up, they are the older, bigger kids in each like level of it. So then they get more opportunities to play and then they obviously are going to be better. Yeah. Damn. I I should look into that one too. Yeah. It's a good one. My mom actually sent it to me and I finally like dug into it the other day. I was like, okay. I'm still like, I, I slowly like read like every once in a while, like a chapter of this um, teach like Finland book that my girlfriend got me, um, which is basically it's uh, like a pedagogical, like how the, how Finland runs their educational system because they are very much like trade based Mm -hmm. um, education. And, but they're like, they, their trade is like first world trade. Like they prepare their kids really, really well to, go into um, like tech building industry or um, finance or like importing, exporting. So it's like when you're in middle school, you're like learning how to program like cell phones and everything so that they have an opportunity to go into the Nokia workforce at at like a super like prime age at like 20. They're already like a well-established income working at like the Finland's biggest um, like manufacturing company tech company rather yeah um, um but so, yeah, so it, let's get into it I, I will mass phase two initiated in mass um of the COVID 19 quarantine so um like department stores and like places like like marshall's or like any type of store and restaurants are slowly opening back up um and me and my girlfriend already like have reservations for like outdoor it's all outdoor seating you can't really yeah. go into the restaurants i know you've been able to but um we've definitely like got stuff like ready to go like on friday or going finally going out to a bar having outdoor seating eating barbecue it's gonna be great it's so weird because like all, all that shit's been open for like a month down here like marshall's yeah, fucking like everything we already yeah. have like at the start my starbucks um we already like our cafe is open for seating. Like you can just sit in our Starbucks. Damn. It's, it's fucking wild, dude. But uh, allegedly also our numbers are going back up. So I don't really exactly know what's going on with that. I guess we're just ignoring that. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Other things that are opening back up. NBA basketball is coming back by um, July. So I am fucking so excited. The way that they like, organized it was like pretty like big brain stuff that i could have never have but it's also i've heard so many people like well the only reason that they made how they made it is so that zion can be a part of the playoff system so they said 13 teams from the west can come and and play the there's the top eight have basically already made the um playoffs and so then they're going to make it i think it's a 10-man or like, I'm trying to think. 
uh, or it's either seven, seven or eight teams have already made it, and then there are a bunch of teams fighting for the eighth spot. Yeah, that are going to so play like playoff games essentially, like a playoff series to find out who gets in. Yeah, or like exhibit, like yeah, these like two like buy-in games, and then yeah. there are nine teams from the East fighting for the eight spots. Celtics are in the three position, so it's like a guarantee, like we're going to make it. But the whole way they did it with like so many more on the West. Then the East, I get it that like so many players, so many teams in the East were never had a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. A lot, a lot less than the teams that are able to make the playoffs in the West. But yeah, it was totally just like, oh, we're throwing the Pelicans in there, so the Zion has a chance to win. They definitely padded the Pelicans schedule, so it's like they'll win eight out of the five of these little mini games to make it to the eight spot, so that they do make it in the West. But I mean, I kind of get it um, because. Oh, it's, fuck. Wow. My dude, my brain has been terrible recently. But um, I mean, like, I get it from the point of view of like, A, there were, like you said, so many more teams in the West that were competitive this year. And also, it's like, why not just fucking have like, he is currently like the yeah, LeBron of the NBA. Like, that's where that money is going to come in. People are going to tune in for that shit. So why not do it? I did see a really cool somebody on Twitter had done a like a they basically designed like a playoff court for the the like wherever they're going to play the games in Orlando. In Orlando, yeah. And it was like um it was like a Black Lives Matter court. So it was oh, like it. awesome. inside, you know, like the um <clears throat> like essentially the the paint. Yeah. I don't know what if there's a better term for it, but it was like all the names of the people who have been killed by police officers and then like the center court was like um, had something to do with it, and then there were like a bunch of organizations that had sponsored it oh, that were like related to yeah. matter. I don't know if they're going to do that, but I think it would be a really fucking cool idea, especially because the NBA is so like the NBA should be the league that is like black. Yeah, and they are. You see it out in the news. Like it's there's been a lot, a lot of NBA stars who yeah. like are out there like protesting and everything. Um, Meanwhile, James Harden is wandering the desert looking for strip clubs. Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> Celtics are going to win. Jason Tatum is using this time to get really good at golf. And I <laughs> posed the question to our group chat last night, and no one responded. But, like, how many strokes do you think you could beat Jason Tatum by in nine holes? Because I literally think he just started learning golf, like, two weeks ago. I Did, did he post any, like, videos or anything of him playing? Yeah, it's on Snapchat. Like he, him, him at like a Top Golf in like okay. St. Louis. Because that was, I think, Orlando. I saw that text message and I went, okay, I have no reference point for this, and I'm gonna have to search for it. And then I went back to playing Call of Duty. He's, he's got like he like how you you should be. You're fully extended with your lead arm, but he breaks the elbow so quick. Yeah, he breaks his lead arm elbow, which is supposed to remain stiff through a lot of your backstroke. Like he breaks it like instantly. He's very so it's, floppy. It's a I very ba- it's a very baseball um, baseball swing. Are um, are we playing that uh, you max out at triple bogey? Yeah. Okay, then I think I beat him by twenty strokes easily. Yeah, I I, I think I, I could shoot a forty and he could shoot a sixty. I think I'd be breaking fifty, and I think Jason. I do think he would be at. I I have. There is no doubt in my mind that his short game is non-existent. Like, yeah. he cannot. 
it would be like a godsend if he made it onto the green from the fairway, even if yeah. he's in the fairway. Yeah. And because and, he's, I don't know like how NBA players besides Jordan hold up because it's like, you got to imagine like they're so, their circle is so big. They're so high off the ground. Like that has to like mess with how the ball is, the trajectory of the ball. But my counterpoint is that it's one of the, other than baseball, I would say, I think it's one of the few sports where they um, put in. I'm they put an emphasis on like being flexible, and like I feel like they do a lot of those type of workouts, which are more conducive to golf rather than like hockey players and stuff like that. But then also like all the sports are kind of getting into that now. Yeah, those like those like little stabilizing muscles instead of like just straight up pumping iron. Yeah, and then that that cur that trend will change, and now it's like. It's less about arms and more all about fucking toes, dude. Yeah, bro. Got to get your so, toes popping. Um, as you had uh, talked about with the Black Lives Matter movement, tell us a little bit about um, your time in the protest. While you do that, I'm quickly going to go grab my dog's crate, but um, okay. I, I will be in Rosie's coming to join us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so on, first of all, uh, the guy who had started the fires at the first protest um he had put set the capitol building on fire i think or like the courthouse or some shit he got charged with a felony and it turns out he had nothing to do with the black lives matter movement shocking but but um we had a big protest on thursday last thursday and um it was a it was a powerful movement or a powerful moment. Um, I think it was something like 10,000 plus people. Um, and it was organized by four or five, 15 year olds. Um, so it was like the, um, it was like a youth group that had started this, um, which I thought was really cool. I think that's, we're seeing a lot of like this generation is starting to get into politics a little bit more not that black Lives matter is entirely political, but obviously there's a lot of things that go along with that. Um, but we marched, um, all around um, the center of Nashville, there were some really cool shots from like office buildings and apartment complexes of like just a absolute swell of people walking by. Um, and then we got back to where we started. We did a moment of silence at the Capitol building. Um, and then we went all the way back down to where we started. And then we, a like smaller group of us marched uh, for a while. I think we ended up marching like a total of six miles. It was, it was, we were out there for a while, but it was, it was very, um, and I was carrying a case of water like almost the whole time. So I was sore for like three days. (laughs) It was so bad, but, um, there was only really one moment of tension where I was sort of like, it was like getting dark. It was probably like seven 30 ish. And, um, someone on that was like marching with us had a seizure and was like on the ground in the middle of like a main road and was like seizing. And obviously like the every cars were blocked off. So like that wasn't the issue, but it was like the cops and like EMTs and everyone sort of had to like, it was like the first time basically the two sides had interacted during the whole thing. Um, And obviously there was a lot of tension because someone's essentially life was at stake. Um, Just because like natural Causes they have a seizure. Yeah, I think I think it had to do. Yeah, it had to do with the heat and like the amount of walking and like 
I, I would assume so. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but um, but it ended up all smoothing itself out. Um, there was a moment I took a picture of it, but there was a moment where I looked over because we were standing like right there and like the fire department and like a, a cruiser pulled up and then like uh, the fire truck pulled up and then an ambulance pulled up. And one of the cops got out just full riot gear with an AR-15 just standing 10 feet away from me. And I was like, okay, like if things get dicey here, um, I could die, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a bit of a moment, but then everything turned out fine and everyone was... The Nashville Police Department did a really, really good job of handling it. And mm. I was very impressed with how they did it. There was another moment where it started raining and we were down by Bridgestone and we didn't realize it, but so one of our friends had like, uh, she was just like not feeling well, and she had like gotten sunburns bad enough that they were like starting to blister a little bit. Yeah, and she was like, "I'm out." Like she had to go. She yeah. has a kid. She had to go home, and so like we were waiting because we had to get out of the that like sort of Broadway area in order to call an Uber because everything was blocked off for the protest. Yeah. And so we were just chilling there and then it started pouring rain out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, so they had like riot police down Broadway, obviously. And all of a sudden the entire riot police force was just walking straight at me and one of my friends. Cause we had ducked under an overhang. And then we realized that it was just that their like home base was inside Bridgestone. So they just all filed by us silently. And I was like, this is fucking weird, dude. <laughs> Yeah, yikes. But it was really good. I, I was uh, very happy with how everything went. And it was just like, it was a powerful moment. I think it was, it was important for me specifically to go and do that. Because yeah. I mean, A, just like my background in politics and B, like, I, I have kind of realized that that's, I need to get back to that. Yeah being politically like active a little bit and i need to stop fucking wasting my life away at starbucks yeah well good for you i mean i i applaud you i know um you me you myself and dicky were like talking a lot that day and dicky was definitely like you know he like keep keep your head up like your head on a swivel like keep us updated let us know i like, was what's happening. the other safe. really weird thing was um there were obviously like news reporters and shit there and they all had armed security guards. And so there were just freelance security guards walking around in the crowd with like pistols on their hip. And like, and it was just like, yeah, this could all get very weird. Very yeah. Quickly. Very messy, yeah. Um, well, that's, but I, that's, that's definitely like a response because there's those, the first week there's a lot of reporters getting arrested. A lot of reporters like, getting like shot with rubber bullets and shit. Exactly. Like yeah, a lot happening with like the press and, uh, I even though like these are U.S. citizens, like the press have like a little bit more. Um, they basically have diplomatic immunity. Is exactly, essentially what yeah, it is. That's, that's yeah, the, like they they definitely have immunity in a lot of these things. Like again, like the, I think back to that, or, or uh, it's that video of all the people looting a store, and then the cheesecake girl walks by. <laughs> like, it was like a violent, violent crime, and she just gets that that um, news report just got to be there. Just like yeah. was just like, yep, like I'm okay to like be. 20 yeah. feet away from these people blowing out a store. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely came prepared for shit to go sideways, but I was rather happy that it didn't. I mean, like we were masked up and like, I had brought like, uh, I brought an oven mitt 
to throw back tear gas if that has you happened. <laughs> and you then um, we had umbrellas in case of tear gas, rubber bullets, or rain. Um, and then I had brought, like, I got a spray bottle and filled it with half baby shampoo and half water because that's supposed to be, like, the best thing for tear gas and pepper spray. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was a good time. We got a frozen yeah, Jackson, true. so. Um. Thank you. Picture this, I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. I am sick. I will punch a baby bear in his shit. That's weird. Um, do you, what was the last thing I was saying? Uh, what you you had an oven mitt and an umbrella, um, at the and then I had a, a bottle. I got a spray bottle and I filled it with half baby shampoo and half water because that's supposed to be the most effective thing for tear gas and uh, pepper spray, and didn't have to use any of it. So now I just have a bunch of shit in case there's a riot. In case there's another riot, yeah, yeah just in case. Um. With the, this big case of water, were you just passing it out to people? Yeah, when I, we had a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, and then, um, but yeah, so I just had that fucker on my shoulder and was just like walking down Broadway. Nice. And I was, I was like, please take my waters so I don't have to care. Like, please. Yeah, like you're, you're helping me. Really out. helping me if you're taking them. Yeah. Um, on my end, I haven't gone to um, any protests or anything, but um, my girlfriend's younger sister did organize and execute um, a, a mark protest in March in their hometown. Um, and they had a lot of people come out and it was all over like the news, like, like oh, yeah. new, new report newspapers and online and everything. So we were all super proud of her for basically like coming home from UVM and she uh, like, she graduates senior year and then immediately starts building a garden in their parents' <laughs> house. And the parents are like, this is great, but like, you just, you're, it's a week, you've been a week here and now you're, but then like this huge, like organizing this whole thing, getting people with signs and, um, plotting where they're going to be going, what they're going to be doing. She spoke, um, mm -hmm. to, to all of them and everything. So it was just great to kind of, we're really, really proud of her for, for kind of setting all that up. Cause that's huge. Um, shouts out to her. Um, I had two more things as yeah. far as the Black Lives Matter. Um, the first one was, did you happen to see the story that came out about what happened with Chappelle? It was back in like 2015. So I saw like Chappelle was trending for like a half a day. On it was Twitter. like real quick and then yeah. it disappeared. And but... I, I just didn't. I was like, it's probably something. It's probably about Black Lives Matter. And it's either it's probably going to be like somewhat negative. I'm not going to want to read it because I love Chappelle. And it was very positive. Basically, oh, okay. what happened, I'll just sort of like paraphrase it. He was doing um, a set and like or no, it was like a one of those shows. And it was like he might come by. And yeah. So he ended up coming by and it was he was asked. He was literally just asking the crowd for like topics to riff on. And then somebody brought up police brutality and it was right in the middle of the Eric Garner incident. Mm -hmm. um, and so the show was like a Hannibal Burris show. So obviously there was like kind of a specific set of people. But Stoner people. Yeah. And also like it was it, 
a relatively a- African-American black yeah. face. Um, but there was also like, Eric Andre was the there. Eric Andre was the whitest guy there. Yeah. And so Chappelle like started in and blah, blah, blah. And then um, he was like saying how it makes him scared for his children, like the whole incident. And then this like white girl in the crowd with like a wide brimmed felt hat. Like you can picture exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, wait, I do. I remember seeing this, but like not. Yeah, go on, go on. So she shouted, life's hard. Sorry about it. And like everyone was like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. And so, of course, Chappelle like picked her out of the crowd and just started tearing her apart. That's a bitch. (laughs) And so like then it turned into him like educating the crowd on like the history of black people and the police and how that's gone together. And he was talking about like Rodney King, Rodney King, uh, Emmett Till, Black Wall Street, Trayvon Martin, like all this kind of stuff. Mm. And then he was talking about John Crawford the third, which I actually don't really know the story of, about that. Yeah. I, I know I remember reading the story, but I couldn't tell you it off the top of my head. Yeah. But it was he was on the phone in Walmart and he picked up a BB gun that was for sale and was looking at it. And somebody called the cops and the cop came in, didn't say shit to him, just shot him, just killed him. And so like they were security footage, the whole nine yards. And so then Chappelle told a story about he got pulled over in rural Ohio, which is where he lives. And it was before the Crawford shooting, but after Ferguson. So there was still like tension. tension. And so he said the, the cop like approached and he could tell he was nervous and like, obviously blah, 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 blah. And he did the whole, like my license to registration is in the glove box. I'm going to reach for them now. I promise I'm not armed. And he goes, the officer goes, I know who you are, Dave Chappelle. And so Chappelle was like, why do you need my license and registration? And he ended up getting off of the warning. That same cop was the cop that murdered John Crawford III. So, yeah. yeah. So then, like, blah, blah, blah. The, it keeps going on. And, like, by this point, this is not a comedy show anymore. This is Dave Chappelle, yeah. like, it's basically preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was talking. He then talked about South Africa and apartheid. And he was like, there were like riots, car bombs. It was chaos in the streets. But the amount of people that cared about this issue hit a critical mass. So like exactly. it had gotten the entire so world. big that there were too many people that cared about it. So the government no longer could really like do anything to stop it. Exactly. And so then yeah. apartheid ended. And so his whole point was that we have to hit a critical mass. And it's going to happen at some point. I hope it's right now. But mm-hmm. once enough people care, there has to be change. Like, there's yeah. no stopping it. And so then after the show, they were in the green room and hanging out. And somebody came back and was like, that dumbass white girl wanted to talk to you, but I told you were busy. And he goes, no, bring her back, like, blah, blah. And he ends up, the girl is just, like, absolutely humiliated. And so she like, apologizes. And she's like, I, I want you to know, like, I learned a lot. And I'm not, like, going to say things like that anymore. Like, I was ignorant before. And so Chappelle was like, you're all good. That's all we want is like, we want you to hear and listen. And now you're part of that critical mass. And next time you hear someone say something ignorant, now you can make them part of the critical mass. And then they ended up like taking pictures together and like the whole thing. And I was just like, dude, that story that happened in 2015. 
That story I has know. never come out. I think I remember seeing maybe a heckler that, like, I, when you said the brimmed hat, it, like, it threw me back. I was like, did I see this video? I hope it was the same video, but I did not. I don't think I got two together, and I don't think I, I saw this maybe extended clip yeah. of the or the story of Dave Chappelle, like, seeing her in the green room and, and this happening and, and the basically the bigger message behind it all. Um so I'm hoping I did see that and maybe just didn't catch, but I'm so like, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that that's now like good circulation story. again. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I love and shit. also like just solidifies Dave Chappelle as being like maybe the greatest comedian yeah. of all time. The, the goat. Yeah. Um, oh, it's one of the best like orators too. Yeah. He just, just talks so perfectly. Yeah. One of my favorite things is you, you it's not the biggest laugh in the world, but it's his, in one of his Netflix specials where he talks about like, do you know what a bottom bitch is? And he goes into this uh, like um like whole story about uh like this pimp uh what was his name? He the pimp wrote a book about like the pimp code. Um and like how he has like this this is bottom bitches like she's basically cracking and like can't like take the pressure of like you know being a prostitute for as many years as she did and she goes okay and then like tricks her into like believing that she killed a guy and then he basically says like don't worry like i can get you out of this he goes you just got to turn a couple more tricks for me and she continued to turn tricks for him for the rest of the way he describes that story is so good like just like the perfect tone cadence the metaphors he, he brings out or like a, a little tangent he has in it is just he's like one of the best orators and he's definitely uh educating more people than people give him credit for people like oh Dave Chappelle tells us jokes no he's whatever at this point in the game where he's actually come out of hiding like after not hiding, but like he took his huge break. Now that he's come back, he's more educating people than he is entertaining them. Yeah. And I feel like he's also like, it takes a certain type of person. You have to really be able to be comfortable with the fact that you don't hold hate in your heart for groups of people in order to tackle some of the subjects that he tackles. Cause he yeah. will just, like, you watch that last Netflix special. He went after stuff that most comics will not touch. Will not touch. No. Yeah, exactly. And the only and other person I can think of that is willing to do that is Bill Burr. Yes. Because Bill Burr, def I think, this is, yeah, the, obviously the difference between the two of them is Dave wants to educate and and like basically say like here are what i know here's what i've experienced and being a african american who has um an you know asian descent wife who has been through so much shit who has taken time off who has looked himself in the mirror like this is my experience and this is how i think i can educate you and he's also a genius bill burr on the other hand has been through a lot has made a lot of money and it's kind of at this stage in the game, he will say anything he wants, but he's almost like apologizing for all the things he used to think. And it relates so well to everyone else. Yeah. But he, I forget. He's uh, more I, like, I, I would compare him more to like, he has crotchety old man. I don't give a fuck. 
Yeah, that too. He where it's just like ah, yeah, you know, like I used to like hate like gay people or whatever, but uh, now I learned you can't, and people are like, oh, like yeah, you can't. He has the right message. It's just like he's an old white, uh, he's an old white bald guy, and yeah. it's just it's funny. Dude, his bit about Kaepernick that recently has been trending oh, again yeah. is so. My brother was in the Marines. <laughs> it's just like, who, yeah, he, he says, who knew to piss off everyone in America would be a mediocre black quarterback taking a knee? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then all, the only last thing I want to touch on as far as like Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on is our Lord and Savior Kanye West coming he out of the woodwork. Went- he went from being a heel to being like he a turned celebrated. Fa- he turned face, turned hard. face, turned face in honestly like a WWF rock way where he was vilified. Like you, Kanye, stick to music, and now he is completely like he becomes he be he has gone from the Undertaker to. Eat your Wheaties, Hulk Hogan, yeah. riding on a red and white, a red, white, and blue Harley. Like he's and he's turned so much face. So basically, the for anyone who is for any of our our ten to twenty listeners, um, Kanye went from being a mega hat uh, sort of uh, douche nozzle in the eyes of the public to he donated two million dollars to the families of I think four. I gotta grab this uh, article um, to he donated $2 million to support the family of George Floyd, Ahmed Aubrey and Breonna Taylor, including the legal fees for Aubrey and Taylor's families. And then he established a five two nine education plan. Don't know what that is, but it's basically a college fund for yeah. Gianna Floyd, who is George Floyd's six year old daughter. Yeah. And it's basically like He's given he's giving money to them if they to basically send that girl to wherever school she wants to go to. She basically, in the entire do, to, anywhere in the country, she can go. She can do whatever she wants for the rest of her life. She can go she to like LeBron James' school. Yeah. Um, but the the first thing I want to say is um, that that makes this is again my fucking point. Kanye West just two million dollars. And Drake could only cough up a hundred grand. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? I still think that's so ridiculous, dude. The other thing that is like, turn it. We are it, Kanye almost did this in secrecy. He almost basically infiltrated he didn't publicize the, it. Didn't publicize it, but he had been setting this stuff up and doing things for the families of you know almost like basically victimized families of. He's been doing this. While infiltrating the right, basically, yeah. like, be he only and again, like, this is pe- people on Twitter were saying it like a, a bunch, but Kanye got all of this stuff done and comes out super shining to everyone because he basically did what people did not want him to do, and he went to this conservative right leaning, became friends with Trump, but he did it to get the favor of those people on yeah. the right. And he I did it there was... so that he wouldn't be looked at as as just like a left like leaning or whoever was but it just so people didn't look at him on the right as all oh, that that's just a, a black guy who just raps and we don't like him. Yeah. He basically I I don't want to say he faked it because I do think he de- definitely has very conservative views, 
but he kind of put on, I think, a little pony show for the right to ingratiate himself with them, to then in turn take a moment like this and go, hey, uh, not not even publicizing it. I think someone else kind of dug deep and went like, holy shit, Kanye's yeah. been doing this for so long. But he never met, I don't, I, we may have blown his cover, but he <laughs> was doing all of this in black empowerment from the right because he was like, fuck it, I'm going to go over there and try to figure this stuff out. I'm going to ingratiate myself with these people that really don't like black people or that black people aren't associated with the right. I'm going to do that so that in turn I can maybe... It's almost like spying, like bring Intel back to the other side and like do all this thing. So I, you know, can basically, he goes, if it, I, I, I look at it as if he, he may not have been able to do all this stuff or the tons of other things that have been coming out if he wasn't. He had a quote that came out that I saw on Twitter in which he said that because, um, was it, it was Kim Kardashian. She's. She was doing, I don't know if she's still doing it, but she was like fighting a legal battle to get a wrongly convicted person out of jail. Mm -hmm. And he had a quote where he said, if I did not put on a Make America Great Again hat, we would not have been granted an audience to try to work with that case. Yeah, exactly. And that's, like, uh, that, that's, I, that, was, that was a quote I definitely, I, I saw. And that's what I was trying to get to. I just couldn't pop it into my brain. But yeah, like... It shows a little bit about this country right now that Kanye may have to set aside and basically fake political leanings to get shit done in this country, which shouldn't yeah. happen. The, the judicial system shouldn't be uh, shouldn't give advantages to one side or the other. It should it should it should be it's an it, in the Constitution. The judicial system is an unbiased institution. It is the law that should ha- be blind. Again, the fucking the Greek symbol for justice is a blind woman holding a scale and a book. It should be unbiased. Yet in America today, Kanye to prove the maybe the innocence or to um, you know get fight someone a lawyer to do something, fight for the innocence has to put on a MAGA hat. Has to you know basically go far right to mm-hmm. get shit done, which shouldn't happen in our country. Yeah. I applaud him for doing it because he was in enemy territory as a, uh, a, a black man putting on a MAGA hat. It, I mean, if it were a comic book, it probably would have singed the, yeah. the, the, the crown of his head because this shouldn't be happening. Like it like it's doesn't fit. And so while everyone kind of, I mean, there are people calling him like uncle Tom on yeah. Twitter and everything um, we've now know is reasoning for it. He there's always chess, not checkers. Yeah, there's there's always something that Kanye is working on or doing. And we're, we can go back to Sunday service. We're like, Kanye, what are you doing Sunday service out in the middle of the desert? And then he drops God is and we're like, OK, that's why he's doing Sunday service. That's why he's out in the desert doing gospel, because he drops a banger of an album. Speaking of bangers of an album. Oh, donkey. Run the jewels for, ladies and gentlemen. It is finally here, and it, it, it hath arrived. It, it came early. It dropped on a yes. Wednesday. Uh, LP, and I'm pretty sure definitely Killer Mike had the sentiment too, but he was just like, the LP tweeted out, "There's a lot of shit going on in the world. Why wait for yes. Friday? We're dropping it right now." I think in his one of his tweets, LP was like, "You know, we're getting a lot of flack from our um, like management guys saying like we're not gonna have." 
a full seven days. It fucks so up your first, first week sales. Yeah, it fucks up the first week sales because it's going to be counted for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, instead of basically Saturday. No, it's not even Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's Wednesday, Thursday, because everything oh. drops Thursday at midnight. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, like, and he was like, I don't give a fuck. He's like, we're dropping and it. And guess what? They still debuted 10th on yes. Billboard Top 10. I think they had, I think one of their songs just was like, probably on like a hip hop billboard, but like number one. With yep. that's the one with uh, Pharrell Williams and um, Zach De La Rocha. Yep. Fire so, song, by the way. Oh, beautiful song. Uh, so, one, two, two singles um, that we had already heard Yankee and the Brave and Ooh La La. Um, I definitely think Ooh La La is a little bit, probably one of the more catchier, like hooky, poppier songs that's like a little bit memorable but all of them are just lyrical was it was it you that said that you weren't a huge fan of ooh la at first yeah and then i've listened to it a million times and now i love it exactly i was i knew it right as soon as i heard i was like this is one of those songs where it's not gonna catch you the first time you listen to it but after a couple times you're gonna be like oh shit i fucking love this song and i love that they put the two singles as one and two i think that's a genius move because this makes it easier I and I also I find that I dislike when I'm listening to an album and then song like five is just one of the singles and I'm like ah I want come, ah I've already heard this come on exactly yeah so um yeah it, honestly there's only fucking eleven songs so I'm not opposed to just going song by song yeah let's do it so uh, Yankee and the Brave your take. Love it. Great song. I, I Big, like, oh, oh, I love albums that's big punch right out the gate, and you got, like, just a great song that's, like, up, upbeat. I mean, all these songs were upbeat. Just upbeat, in your face. Like, love the little intro, or it's just, like, it's Yankee and the Braves, almost like it's a like an old, like, radio show where you tune yeah. in to just listen to Yankee and the Brave. Like, what are they going to get into this week? And it was almost, like, setting up, like, LP and Killer Mark are Yankee and the Brave, and like the rest of this album is kind of like a politically charged radio show that they're going on and hitting like yes. different like points in this like show. It felt very much like the whole album in general. It felt it had a little bit of the essence of FM from Vince Staples. Yeah, where it was like it was like this is something that you could genuinely hear if you were just cruising around Atlanta and like. Or New York and listening to some like underground radio station. Yeah. Um, love Yankee and the Brave. Uh, Ooh La La, we just talked about. DJ Premier is like, I know he's been around forever, but DJ Premier, like, he keeps popping up for me on like the songs that I like. I'm like, oh shit, Premier is like on this one again. Yeah. Like, this is fucking gonna be unreal. For, so for anyone who is a fan of Premier and is looking for um, a little bit of content, Go seek out Prime. It's DJ Premier and Royce to Five Nine, and they did two yeah. albums, and they're fucking incredible. And they get pe- like Mac Miller, Absol, like fucking everybody. Jay Electronica's on one of their songs when he That's, was doing nothing. Like yeah. it's well worth your time. Yeah, what you I, uh, of yeah, out of sight. Um, out of sight was really good. I'm trying to think back, back like to Two Chains part for like the feature because it's a. I think. I mean, I like that. I mean, I like all these songs. Out of Sight. Um, and no, I'm sorry. Out of Sight was one of my favorite songs off the album. A strong, I'm trying to think. Strong agree. I the beat. It's it's a more 
fun. It doesn't seem as heavy as the rest of the songs. And like, no, that's just, it keys back to LP said he tweeted or something. He was like, we're giving you guys a couple of bangers and then a collection of like really good songs. Yeah, and I was like, exactly. okay, banger. Yeah. Banger. Found it. Yeah. Out of sight was, was, was badass. Um, Holy Kalamafuck is audioly like I just, that one sticks in my head so much because it's like, it's like noise orgasm in my ear. Yeah. It's just like, crunch but then like this melody's coming through and it's like super kind of like almost like samp not sampling but like like de- just like classic like djing beats where yeah. like you're just you're you're slapping back and forth between a couple different you know you know vinyls but there's all this like scratching going i love it was like just audioly it like pleased me it reminded me of the chaoticness that LP had in his like early stuff mm-hmm. <clears throat> when yeah. he was still back with um uh, I'm blanking on the name but whatever his fucking label was back in the day um it's there's a lot of things going on and it, it makes me happy and it's yeah. also a good song yeah exactly um Goonies versus ET so this was I think this was definitely my favorite song off the album I, I need to look up the lyrics right now uh because it just it lyrically it was so fucking good like just both killer mike and lp like coming like it, it was just everything about it was like so fucking good i need to pull up the lyrics right now yeah i'm reading the lyrics right now um i think also they just every time they drop an album I forget how good they are lyrically. And then I listen to it and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like this doesn't, you guys, what are you doing that the rest of the world isn't doing that you guys are fucking killing it. And they also did a lot with like, I felt like they did a lot of stuff where they sort of dipped their toe into new waters where they were like, I, Trying to think of how to phrase this. Um, so hold on, I um, here it's first two in um, Goonies versus ET. Um, now I understand that woke folk be playing. Ain't no revolution that's televised and digitized. You've been hypnotized and twitterized by silly guys. Cues on the evening news make you ill-advised. Yeah. Again, like super political, like coming out on like a perfect time. They did it obviously because like. LP said on Twitter, like, there's a lot of negativity going on in the country right now. And so many people, I think one of the best reviews to come out about it was, um, you know, Run the Jewel 4 drops in a very, um, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, polarizing time in America. And it seems like they wrote that this album the yesterday, even though they started I- making it in 2019. I had that written down where it feels like every single I'm not going to blank it and say every single lyric, but it seems like a significant portion of these verses could have literally been written yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Or today or the day before yesterday to be written tomorrow. Like it's they have tapped into um, just what the world is thinking and they can. It's, I don't want to say that they have um, 
that they can jump ahead and then they can theorize what is going to happen in the country and then they make songs about that because it kill, we'll get into it, but Killer Mike on the news this has said, like, this has happened so many, what is happening in America has happened so many times before. The history keeps repeating itself. And unfortunately, America is not changing. So they, yes, they did write an album during a time where police brutality and black lives started to, you know, or started to hit the world, these, this movement, and it has only continued and progressed and really nothing has changed. So yes, they did write this a year ago, but it sounds like they wrote it yesterday. It's because unfortunately nothing has changed in the country. Yeah. No, it's everything is still applicable. And I also, I think what I was trying to say earlier was that like what they did with the chorus in that, if you could even really 100% call it a chorus, like that, like fucking with the voice and making it super deep and like almost melodic is something I feel like they haven't really done a whole lot of. Like, I don't know that I can think of a lot of their songs where it's like, they're sort of doing weird shit with it. Yeah. And like, I I had it loved that. Baby, if I had another chance, I would give you another, uh, give another chance to you. If I make another wish, I would wish for uh, a wish for you. But the brass on the magic lamps, damn near rubbed through. It's been a wish after a wish after a wish after a wish. And the chances that none are coming true. So again, this idea that these guys or how, whoever they are, per, you know, personifying to be in the song or that chorus is, you know, saying like, we're trying to give, maybe they're trying to give this country another yeah. chance or they're wishing and hoping that something happens, but they've rubbed, it's come down to a point where they're, they need a magic lamp to try to fix what's going on. And they can't because the magic lamps near rubbed through, like there's yep. no wishes coming out. So it's like, what's, what, what are we doing next? Yeah. Burn it down. I also right. just just to interrupt this wonderful discussion, I just got a ESPN notification. Titans QB Ryan Tannehill says George Floyd death has had a profound impact around the country. Thank you, ESPN and Ryan Tannehill, for stating the obvious. Oh, we want to I want to thank Ryan Tannehill for his words. Um, we would also like to say, hey, Ryan, things are opening up. This th- things are opening up in a week from where you are because obviously you're stuck in last week. <laughs> what a fucking ridiculous thing! Um, not a duck. Walking in the snow. Um, I believe so- this one has Gangsta Boo on it. Okay, I'm trying to think back to exactly like how this one sounded. I did like this one. I know. I like I like the chorus on this one. Yeah, pretty. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's probably uh, yeah. Um, just featuring Pharrell Williams and Zach Taylor Roche. I, so I know you sent me the, or I found it or you found it or you sent it to me, the set list, um, for this album. And it just never clicked that Zach Taylor Roche was Rage Against the Machine guy. Like how perfect a person to get on an album like this and a time like this, than basically the guy who was doing what so many people are doing right now but did it back in the 90s because we just against the machine was totally like radicalized like guerrilla radio uh, like mobilize the masses to you know to pull, pull down the government to do whatever we can to make the change like a perfect perfect voice just hearing his voice makes me go okay like let's um ensue anarchy and yeah. as, our, as our government system in, in yeah. the country that's his just voice is perfect perfect for this album for this time 
I'm it's so glad he's back. Also, really funny because I was just reading an article before we, while we were fixing our technical difficulties, I was just, I just searched music news and there was a headline that popped up. Um, right wing fans um, of Rage Against the Machine have recently discovered what Rage the Machine is about and have started boycotting them. Oh, <laughs> you guys are 20 plus years too late. And also, how did you miss the message? Like, dumb, dumb, do you live dumb. under a rock? I, this is a, a quote from Twitter. I used to be a fan until your political opinions came out. Music is my sanctuary, and the last thing I want to hear is political bullshit when I'm listening to music. Well, no you thanks, came to the wrong rage. place. <laughs> no thanks, Rage. Just uh, but, yeah, and I love that they got Pharrell. I think that's, A, like yeah. a huge... Just, like, for, like, Southern music, like, Pharrell is a huge part of Southern music. And I know yeah. it's probably one of... Killer Mike probably holds him in very, very high regard and to just, like, grab him do for a song. You, I was just about to say, do you think, like, Killer like Killer Mike has, like, a, a special phone for Pharrell and it only has one button? It's just, like, call Pharrell. Yeah, it's a burn. And I know it doesn't happen a lot, but it's, like, they must be just be the biggest of boys. Just, like, yeah. hey. And it's just, like, yeah, man, I'm already here. Like, I'm already in the studio. He's, like, yeah. all right, sweet. Cool. All right, cool. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Um, Never, Never Look, Look Back, Back was good. Um, that one had a good hook on it, too, I think. Yeah. Um, the Ground Below. Ground Below was super political, which I really, really liked. It kept talking about, like, the, um, again, just, like, the, the, the racial divide in our country. Like, the Ground Below being, like, the... Not exactly like the 1%, but just like obviously where the state of America is and then below the ground is kind of like maybe like a lower poverty line or like where the rest of America is living in. While all these people above the surface are kind of like living their lives almost um, disconnected from what's happening below the ground. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to listen to the songs because like I've listened to this album like eight times, but it's the issue is um, when you listen to an album straight through it, they all you kind of forget what song is what. But um, yeah, there's just it was a good fucking song. They just like, dude, they fucking kill me. Like they brought up like supporting sex workers, unionizing like, yeah, they brought up uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. And then Alan Toussaint, I think, like in the same line, like just fucking ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then pulling the pin. So right now I'm looking at exactly what Josh Homme's, um, like what he did in the song. It's definitely instrumentation. Um, but Josh Homme, like we, I mean, we may have talked about it when we first heard that like saw the set list but um uh he's definitely just like produced and had like a little bit of music like musicianship happening yeah. in that song i don't think obviously you can't hear him he's you would clearly hear his voice but he definitely had like his hands in probably the mixing he definitely put on um what do you call it like put on airs for some sort of drum beat or maybe like a bass line or something. He definitely put his hands like all over specifically the, the instrumentation of that song. Yeah. Um, 
the I felt like the last two songs were very much more political i think yeah the way i would say it i do think like they may have written all of like what we're seeing right now is maybe like the actual timeline in which they completed and wrote these these last two seem like they could have these are the two that stick out that could have been written yesterday yeah yes yes um references to like hanging from a tree like a piece of strange fruit and then <laughs> i just i was looking at um a few words for the firing squad because that's the ending and it kind of wraps it up where they have the 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 last part of that song is the they go back to the radio show um yeah. but the very last line of the album um is go hard last words to the firing squad was fuck you too and i I don't know that I could think of a better way to end an album than that. Yeah. The, I, if, if I had to pick a way to go out, it would be just like double bird to a firing yeah. squad. This really good one from a um, few words. Um, dead serious. It's a chore not to let myself go insane. It's crippling to make you want to lean on a cup of uh, promethazine. But my queen says she needs a king, another junky, fluky rapper fiend. Tell her, uh, friends tell her he could be another Malcolm, he could be another Martin. She told her partner, I need a husband more than the world needs another martyr. Basically, like, Killer Mike being like, he's chomping at the bit to, like, basically throw himself um, to the firing squad and be like, I want to make a change. Um, yet he has, like, the rest of his world being like, you do this, you become a Malcolm X, you become Martin King, and, like, you will... It's going to be dangerous for you. Yeah. He's, he's like, chomping at the bits, like, that. the video that we're going to talk about. He wants to get himself fully involved, but he also knows that this... It's dangerous to kind of be the, the figurehead of a big racially charged movement um, while he totally should, he should be, you know, do what he wants to do. Um, just also seeing that ASAP Ferg has additional vocals on this song. ASAP Ferg? Yeah, that's what Genius has just told me. Um, <laughs> while he definitely wants to, it's it's dangerous, and that's kind of what's happening. And again, it's a, it's very telling for what's happening. It's dangerous to speak your mind about all this stuff you going he's super killer mike is super big into history like knows everything about atlanta georgia and the history behind it and where his people come from and this but it's he and so he knows history and he knows it's a, it's a dangerous sport to you know kind of at times in america speak up for um what you believe in yeah. um which is terrible like it shouldn't be again it shouldn't be that way it shouldn't be that killer mike is like afraid to um be the next Martin Luther King or, or Malcolm X. He does, he is smart in being like, you know, my, my wife and my kids need me. I can't leave them behind because I took on this, you know, burden. But yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Heavy. <clears throat> um, but I mean, like, while it's a very heavy album, it's also just incredibly fun to listen to. Oh yeah, it's back. awesome. Like, it's awesome. It's just, it's so... Um, you can be, you can listen to this and be like, I fucking like, this is like empowering me as a person to want to make a difference. But it can also be like, um, like let's break out the tequila. 
let's bump it in amherst class like yeah i'm gonna just drive around and listen to the whole thing really loud with my windows down yeah no i fucking it was i was so happy that it came out i was so happy it dropped early like it just a lot of people needed this album and a lot of and i would say nearly everyone responded positively to this I woke up and I rolled over and I saw it. It was like the first post I saw on Instagram. And then I immediately put it on. I think I listened to it three times that first day. And like, they've yeah. done it again. I Someone they've said on Twitter, it again. could you name a better four album run than Run the Jewels? They're not done. They no, they're done. not done. But just as in terms of having four consecutive albums. Oh, well, yeah. Could no. you name a better four album run than that? Beatles, but like they're untouchable. Like, yeah. I think. But you... no, I mean, in in a, the rap game, no. In the hip hop game, I can't think of four perfect albums back to back where all of their songs. I'm like, I all of their songs are in the playlist. Yeah. Every song RTJ has ever dropped is in the playlist because they're all amazing. Someone had um the outcasts first four albums someone brought up yeah i can't say that i'm familiar enough but i'm working on it um i think you could probably put depending on how you defined the four albums you might be able to put kanye in there yeah i would say late registration graduation um College dropout, college dropout, late registration, graduation, and then 808s and heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, you could, may, someone could maybe make a, an argument that 808s isn't the best, but like. No, I don't love 808s, but it has a couple of good songs. I think your better argument would honestly be My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Watch the Throne, Yeezus, and The Life of Pablo. Yeah. There you <clears> go. That's a pretty good four album run. Um, yeah. I'm trying to uh, anyone else you can think of off the top of your head. I don't know that I'd put Hova in there. I don't think that's fair. Can you do Kendrick? I think Kendrick is definitely up there. What's? I think Kendrick is up there if you include um, his first mixtape. So, Section Eight, Good Kid, Mad City, the Pimp, a Butterfly. Uh, then he's got Untitled, Unmasked. That isn't good. Yeah. So no. yeah, but if you wanted to do the first, if you want to do Overly Dedicated, then Section Eight, Good Kid, and then yeah, the Pimp. I mean, you can. That's that's a good four. Yeah, but it gets cut off, and that's what I'm saying like, about RTJ. Like they're not done. Like their RTJ five is gonna come out, and we're gonna be like, yeah, have you ever heard of <laughs> five run in hip hop? The five run album. In they're just gonna like, keep just, going. I don't want to have that argument because it's like, yeah, they're not gonna stop. They're gonna be no. fucking in everything they do. Yeah. Uh, it's we are. I just it's it's almost difficult to put into words like what this means to so many people. Like to me to. Like, I genuinely think my very next tattoo is just going to be the fist in the chain or the fist, pistol and fist. I, I think that has to be it. That'd be but, badass. That would be something I want to get, but I definitely yeah. wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I just, I've gotten to the point of I have enough tattoos that I'm just like, and then, dude, I was at the, I wore my fucking Run the Jewels shirt to the protest and some guy just walked by me and was like, just threw up the, the pistol and fist. And I was like, yeah. I'm trying to think the last time, like, I was, I think I was at, 
before COVID, I was at a bar with my girlfriend and they started playing um, uh, fucking 2100 at like a bar. And I was just like, hammered. Just, <laughs> she was like, what are you doing? I'm like, run the jewel, man. Run the jewel. Duh. Um, I, I always think back to when we saw RTJ at Boston Calling. And I had, I had stuff like this for two hours. Just, yeah. Just bumping with them. And they played um, like, uh, didn't they play like Bohemian Rhapsody in the in the so. middle of their set or something? Yeah, they did something fucking weird. That was great, dude. That was a great time. Um, other music news. Um, well, do you want to quickly Killer? Kill we've said it oh, a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, we talked yeah. about it last time and everything. I just Killer Mike so perfectly epitomized, and I still stand by his words and everything. He has family members in um, the Atlanta police uh, force. He's like, I stand by the police force and I always will, while a lot of people are bashing them from the police and whatnot. Um, he brought his story into it. He goes, I've stood by the police, um, Depart- Atlanta police department, even when there were the first eight black cops in Atlanta and they had to shower and change into uniform at the YMCA across the street because white police officers didn't want them in the same room as them. He goes, so we have seen change. We have seen betterment. He says that Atlanta is cut. He, there were three, um, Atlanta, white Atlanta cops charged for police brutality within the last couple of years. And they were all sentenced and, and, you know, prosecuted and he goes this city is cut different yeah he goes i he was like you other cities should definitely be like us there's no tolerance for that um it happens and we have fixed it immediately and he says that that his perfect words don't burn your own house down yeah because what do you have left when you do when you burn your own house down you are left with char and ash and you cannot go to your neighbor's house yeah. Your neighbor will not take you in because you have just burned your own house down. Yeah. You've taken everything away from you. Why would they want you in your house? He's basically saying, do not burn our city down. Do not loot. Do not. The only way to change this is in the voting booths. He goes, you're upset. You want people persecuted. You go to a voting booth and you make a difference that way. You plot, plan, strategize, organize, and then mobilize. So I think what I took out of that was not necessarily that the only way to change this is the voting booth. I think that it's more just like instead of reacting instinctively and like letting your emotions run it, go home, go play chess instead of checkers, go home, figure out, go research what black Mm -hmm. businesses you're going to support, go research how we can like defund police departments and like make this a better situation for everyone instead of just going and burning but i will also say that minnesota has been burning for like a week now and they just defunded the police department so i think there's a little bit of atlanta is an exception to the rule and this yeah that's what he said he he does say like our city is cut different he's so he's He's definitely obviously talking to the Atlanta population. I do think it is an amazing sentiment for the rest of the nation. It's one hundred percent a good message for everyone yeah. here. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. I mean, Minnesota just you know did defund their police. They got all four of the people who were responsible for George Floyd's um, murder, assassination, as Killer Mike calls it. 
um, which it is, but um, change happened differently than maybe what Killer Mike would have said. But I stand by what I said in it. I do believe that a lot of it, a lot of change is better served and comes out of doing it. What I believe is the smart way. What Killer Mike said is by changing it legally, strategically, by, by strategic exactly to that strategize moment where it's like, okay, like we want this stuff to end. Unfortunately, a lot of police will not change unless someone is put into office higher than the police force in exchanges. And it's also like my dad has said this to me a couple times and I don't want to put words in his mouth or anything, but sometimes like the police force exists, but then sometimes you have a mayor above the police force that is equally as fucky as those cops at the bottom of the police force. Exactly. So there's only so much you can do. Even if you have the best police chief of all time, there's only so much that you can do. Exactly. If that person that's one rung above is just as fucky as that, that mayor or that governor, um, is allocating money in the wrong way. It may be a police department. They, yeah, it's a perfect police de- department, but they are being funded money for automatic weapons. They are yeah. being funded money for certain things. And while they're like, like we, they have no, they don't, they don't check off like, oh, I would like to get this weapon. I would like to get that weapon. It's they're just given that money. So yes, I do think a lot of police forces need to be defunded. Because as a public servant working in an edu- uh, we need a lot more money reallocated into education so that my kids aren't using a single phone over three siblings to do their homework. Yeah. That they could get a just a fucking iPad yeah. in their house to do homework. Instead, yes, it, basically every police department in the entire country is being overly funded. Um, and it's also like it goes further huge- into thinking about like – why do police respond to suicide attempts? Yeah. If you actually think about that, that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. These are people that have been very minimally trained in that department of things that are being sent with weapons to get someone to not kill themselves. In a city, yeah. You should send someone who has a degree in some sort of sociology, psychology, anything without weapons to that go is, and talk to that person. Yeah, they do bring what's those, actually wrong. They do bring those people in. What are they, the interpreters, even though like, it's not like it's a language, but they bring interpreters in. That is a part of a law enforcement, um, like clause. Like there are those like bases, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, there doesn't need to be a million different people like going to that scene yeah. to, you know, have a weapon it, to, it should to, be maybe, a, to, to basically of- indirectly antagonize someone to yeah. go to something like that. Like they see all that and they go like, well, like, I guess. Yeah, Cause like, I don't I'm know about you, but like, in any situation or I wouldn't say any situation in most situations, the present presence of a police officer creates more tension Yes. Than there was before. And when someone's about to kill themselves, I think the last thing you need is more tension in that situation. Yeah. yeah. And there's, you could make that example with a bunch of different situations, but the the moral of the story is just like, yeah, we need to 
evolve. You just need more. You just need Jim Carrey on the force with a guitar, like yeah. in Yes Man, where yeah. he was just like he sings Jumper, which is. I great. just we need we need to clone Morgan Freeman, and we need to send him out and just have him soothingly speak to people. Everyone loves Morgan Freeman. Everyone loves Stevie Wonder. Everyone loves Morgan Freeman. Yeah, it's the two rules of the nation. We yeah. could start a religion around that. Um, but yeah, we're going to move on to some less heavy topics. Um, um, could I actually, uh, invoke, um, the veto, um, that I just invented into the podcast. Mm-hmm. Could we put a pause on this for a little bit and maybe come yeah. back to it later? Yeah. We can, so we can do like, um, the videos later. Yeah. Okay. I just, I gotta, um, go somewhere. Do things. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> like errands. This was a busy day. I had to fucking rip kids like shit out of their lockers and give it to them today for fun for, for five hours fun yeah that so sounds I'm, dope so i'm tired um but I'm, i i did the uh red bull and a coffee thing yesterday and i thought i was gonna have a heart attack this, this was it was it was the bowl red bull of red bull and uh the, just the caffeine just punching their heart yeah, yeah. over again Kind of menaces to sobriety, like what? What? Super thug is dumping what? on a cut. What? 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 My motherfucking Uzi weighs a ton. Hit the drum till you hear it go, but I'm a bum Run, run. Piety just really isn't us. What a rush. See you cutting up a pie. That's my lunch. Run. Your motherfucking pockets when I come. It's an honor to be robbed by Denise's only son. Yeah. Give a ready, baby boy. Bitty moving extra heavy. Whipping Chevy. Gotta get it. Eat spaghetti with the monster. Vegan bitches feed them dick cause they don't eat no steak and lobster. Sosa was my hero. Tony, Tony's just a fucking holiday. Out of mind, out of touch, out of time. Man, I'll smoke a bogey backwards with a thumb up like it's fine. What? Sleep yourself, I say. Self asleep, divine. Leave me here to drown in glory. You're too good to cross that line. Run, run. Tragically struck down in my prime by the speed at which the bags are dropping. Should've watched the sky. You don't want to live this life. It's really not sublime. I'm only doing what I want. Behind the loogies at the swine. Devastating, captivating, ghost and ray relating Product of the fucking 80s coat Dealing babies, never regulating Bag accumulating, it would not be overstating To say they are underrated Proud of Brooklyn and the Grady, baby We don't need no compliments or confidence Our attitude and latitude is fucking big Summer left the bummer, Duke, you is smoking in the Ain't a team as mean and clean as Jay Malene and Michael Rinderbrook TV got no temperature, even if it did, bitch We cool as pink with pussy on the polar cap peninsula Colder than your baby mama hard When she find out you been fucking with that other broad and you ain't got that ring I know you just about me fucking had it. I shit is just magic. Go figure the runs of the litter dead and without scamming. Was praying in the fat of the land on your banners matching. We back in the class of lapping. You raising a hand and tapping. Might shit it in your locket and let them know with a winky face. Meet us at three o'clock if you want to do something tragic. We'll shrinky dinky all of that yapping. It's automated. The gears of the rapper shredder while action and it'll happen. You know I'm popping the product of fucking poverty. I'm cool as AC and you niggas, you just want to be. I slide on tracks like home. Plate, ride beats like road rage, got a crib like four states. Uh, 
I get a text like stay safe, text back. I miss that pussy, be home soon and I can't wait. I came from a dream, triple beam and some great tape. My sister went shopping, put my bags in the 8-8. Hello, Mr. Big Safe, the bank teller trying to get ranked. I buy a hot dog stand if I'm trying to be frank. Just left the hospital making sure my nigga was straight. And sent Bell a couple dollars till they give him a date. Tell him. 